What's up, Trailblazer fans? This is the What Podcast. We have a take. I am your co-host, Rose Harding, and I am here with my co-host, Tara Bowen Biggs. Tara, how you doing? Rose, I'm hot. I'm melting. I'm sweaty. Tara <laughs> I'm is, in Vegas. <laughs> Tara is at Summer League and joining us remotely on a phone um, outside the arena. Is that where you are? Yeah, I'm on the UNLV campus and I found like a little like sheltered place that has shade and is protected from the wind. And um, yeah, so I'm like behind the arena. It's still it's like everything in Vegas, including the campus of UNLV. Everything is like a million miles away, even though it looks like it's right there. So I'm probably like, I don't know, quarter mile away from the um, from the arena right now. I don't think the doors are quite open yet today. Well, that's very exciting to have you um, remotely join us from Summer League because, um, you know, it's a it's an exciting time for Summer League uh, Blazers fans because we have so many new guys, young guys to watch. Yeah, and this is so I, I've been thinking a lot because this is the first time I've been to Summer League since before the pandemic. And so the, the last time I attended Summer League um it started, it was a year where there was the earthquake on the first night and then Zion played and immediately got hurt. And then eventually that season ended in a pandemic. So that was like a rough year. Oh no. <laughs> that was the last time I went to summer league. So things are already off to a great start. Um, so I've been sort of comparing that just like sort of like the return to my old routine, which I did for many years. And it's just really great to be back. It feels so good to travel again this is like my first like plane ride I was like looking at um old flights that I had taken and this is like the last plane ride I'd taken since 2020 right before the pandemic and it's really fun to be back but another thing that I'm really glad I'm here for the summer league is the very first time I went to summer league was the year the Blazers lost LaMarcus and um when I showed up at the arena that first day I had no idea what to expect I had no idea what was going on and people I had was wearing my little blazer outfit and people came up to me and they were like, Oh my God, how are you doing? I'm so sorry. Like, are you, how's the franchise going to be? How are you feeling? Like, you know, maybe this is, you know, you guys still have Damian Lillard. It's going to be great. And like people were so nice and like totally allowed any blazer fan to just process. And so it's kind of the same thing this time. Like people get it. Like people who are at summer league get it. They mm. understand what it's like to have, you know, a big, you know, to have your franchise star do something that like affects you as a fan. So I'm not hanging out with Miami fans right now, but it's been really fun to talk to fans from other uh, fan bases who really get it. And that's like one of the really fun things about Summer League is just hanging out with fans from other fan bases who get it. That's so awesome. Also, like Summer League has grown a lot since that season with LaMarcus because like now it's like a big, huge event where I feel like it was much smaller, like, you know, eight. 10 years ago. Yeah, I think it has. I mean, it is like, it is so packed. The, um, the game that I went to on Friday, I, uh, was the, um, it was, uh, Houston versus the Blazers, but the Wemby game was right after that. So it was like his first summer league debut. So like, you, I was like, we were at the top of the Thomas and Mac arena, the top of like the 100 level of the Thomas and Mac arena. And the bowl was full, like well before the blazer game. And then it got, and then the whole second row, you know, filled up during the blazer game. I mean, it was like, I've never seen it that full during uh summer league at all. It's just, 
it's wild like how big it is. And even the Cox Pavilion, which is the smaller arena, which is really fun because it's kind of like a high school gym. Um, mm-hmm. Even that full all the way to the top, which not necessarily how it's always been. Wow. That's awesome. I really wanted to go this it's year. Fun. And then when, when like all the Dame stuff went down, I was like, oh, I'm glad I'm, glad I'm not going this year. But now I'm a little sad I didn't go this year. You know, I didn't think about it until I got down here and I like would have probably like pushed that narrative harder on you if I'd ever thought of it, you know, because we were talking about whether or not it was was a good time for you to go. And if I had thought about that before I got down here, um, yeah, I've I've talked to other Blazer fans who are also sort of experiencing that sort of surprise, like, wow, like people are being really nice about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's nice to hear, especially because like, you know, if you just like looked at Twitter, that wouldn't necessarily be the vibe you got from other fan bases that people are going to be nice to you about yeah. it when they see you. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The difference between Twitter and uh, and real life. And now we'll see how threads is going to go. Have you joined threads yet? No, I don't. I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't learn it. <laughs> I'm, I, I also, I like, I, I'm not on Facebook. I deleted my Facebook account maybe like five or six years ago um, because it was like making me hate my relatives and the idea of them somehow finding me through that, like makes me uncomfortable. I like not uh-huh. being attached to my relatives because it makes it uh, so I don't have to see their thoughts, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> I am on Instagram, not too connected to my relatives except for my mom, but I already texted my sisters and we're like, okay, tell mom she does not need to join threads <laughs> because she's going to ask. And I'm like, when you go to mom's house this weekend, tell her just ignore threads. She doesn't need to get on board. <laughs> That's good advice. My mom obviously like me. I think my mom's the same. Like she might do it because she thinks her friends are doing it or people are doing it. I'm like, no mom, just don't do it. It's fine. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I think, you know, my mom is pretty tech. My mom is like in her eighties and she's pretty tech savvy. And, um, but she also is sometimes like, she's not sure if like she has to do things in order for her app to continue to work. Mm. And so that's what I wanted her to know. It's like, Oh no, Instagram's going to still work just fine. You can just ignore threads. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I don't think we need an icebreaker today because we're already kind of in it. Um, But I wanted to know, how was your first game? Because I know you're going to a, ga- a, ga- a game later today, but the versus the Spurs. But how was the the game versus the Rockets? Oh my gosh, it was so fun. Okay, first of all, I love summer league basketball because it's utter chaos. But you know who is going to be the most fun kind of chaos? Dude hmm. Henderson looked amazing. He was. Like he just, I keep saying this over and over again, but it's true. He just oozed confidence. Like he just, he has kind of a swagger and just like when he had the ball in his hands, he knew exactly what he was going to do with it. He never got like stuck dribbling for too long because he was confused about what to do. He found these amazing passes. And one thing that was like super fun is all the people around us in the arena were talking about how great he looked. And these were not Blazer fans. Like there was a bunch of uh, Laker fans sitting behind us and they were like, look at that. I can't believe he could find that pass. And they were just like, wow, he's the real deal. And I was like, yes, keep it coming. Keep it coming. (laughs) Tell me more. So um, that was, that was really, really fun to see him in person. Um, Our, our, our sweet angel Shaden. Oh my God. He is 
I just love how much he's grown up. And it was, I was so worried because he like completely blew his first dunk and it was going to be a huge one. I'm not, you probably were able to watch it on, uh, on TV, yeah. uh, but in person it was like, Oh God, it just sucked all the air out of the room. And I was like, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. Is this going to be one. confidence? But then he got one and it was the whole arena just erupted. And I was like, yes. And, the, and it was so funny because I was sitting with my friend Kat and, um, we were like, gosh, it kind of seems like he didn't really get up that high. I mean, that was a, it, it was a good dunk. You know, it was like a good dunk. It got the crowd all going. And like for anybody else, it was like fantastic. But I was looking at it. I was like, I wish they'd show a replay. Cause like, I feel like his head wasn't even like near the rim. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I didn't like exactly see in- him sprout angel wings. Like he sometimes does to so just like get above the, <laughs> above the rim, above the backboard. Totally. Well, but to give him credit, when I saw it on replay from the other side, it looked a lot more spectacular because he really had like three guys that he had to get over. Yeah. And, you know, that that might, you know, slow you down, especially when you're like shaded and just like sort of jump from nowhere. So he had like three other guys he had to get get over. So, I mean, still a quality dunk. Don't get me wrong. Um but it was fun. It, again, that's the fun thing about summer league is just, it's like, it's kind of, it's like sort of team agnostic. Like even though you're there to watch the team, you're also like watching everybody else's team and you're having fun conversations with them and you're listening to, to them react to things. And just really fun. So yeah, I really enjoyed the first game. Bummed that Scoot's not going to be playing in the second game, but I'm really, I actually changed my ticket so that I could get in early enough on Friday to watch that game. So I'm super glad I did that. That's so exciting. I, you know, it's funny when we were talking about like, oh, like, is this a, is this a, a, a rebuild? Is this not like last time we were talking, it was really easy to kind of forget that we've had, that we have Shaden on this team and we're like, oh, what uh-huh. about Scoot? What about, what about the, all these different three, these three guys we drafted? We like them all, but we also kind of forget that like we have Shaden and, um, he had a really great first season considering how many minutes he was able to play. And he was playing in like, I don't know, like I felt like they were like trying to go for like a different, like more, like a more veteran centered team last year. And like, maybe it'll be really great for him to be playing with a bunch of other young guys who are figuring it out. And like he and Scoot can get that chemistry going. Whereas like, you know, if, if we had had, if we'd been running like the, the win now vet center group, they might not get those opportunities to do that together as much. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that there are some silver linings that we can, um, that we can explore, uh, you know, when we are talking about like how, how we're reacting to the news the game wants out. Um, but can I tell you like a couple more little summer league stories first? Yes, please. Guess who is at my gate in the airport? Uh, I know the answer to this. I I know the answer to this because you already said it in the group chat, but please tell me who was at your gate. Okay. So Anthony Simons is at my gate. And I was like, no, because Rose, I fly Southwest. Like, it's not like I was flying an airline that has first class. But like Dave and And CJ used to fly Southwest to Summer League. What are they doing? Do you remember this? Like people were taking, I remember when they went to summer league together, like, I don't know, like six years ago, like they were like on a Southwest flight. And I think Damon just signed his big contract and they were still on Southwest. That's exactly, that's exactly where Anthony was. I was just like, you just made a million dollars or a hundred million dollars. 
<laughs> but you know what? Good for him for being responsible. Don't want to, you know, I'm certainly not going to judge what he does with his money. I just, I was just like worried about his legs being cramped. Um, yeah. But it was cool. Like he was at, and I was like, no, that can't possibly be him. And then I realized it was him. And um, everybody kind of left him alone, which was nice. You know, he didn't get, he didn't get mobbed. He had a few people come up to him. I did get a chance to speak with him. And <laughs> I really got to rethink these conversations I have with these guys. <laughs> so I said, I said to him, I want to show you what my lock screen is on my phone. And so he's like, Oh God. And I showed it to him and it was the picture. It's the picture of him and Nas with their arms around each other during the national anthem. Yeah. He goes, oh, and he really, it just really did seem like he was, it was like a really general, uh, really sincere. Oh, Oh, that's so sweet. It was so cute, and and it also start, I sort of also and he was like, oh, Nas, like, oh, so good, they're so they're so good, they're so good friends. Uh, he was like, oh, Nas, um, and then I go, as a matter of fact, I have a podcast, and I was like, oh God, I'm so embarrassed to say this, I have a podcast, <laughs> um, and every year on our podcast we give out awards, and I want to let you know that you and Nas won for best friendship this year. And then I sort of blacked out, so I don't really know what his response was. But he didn't seem angry about it. You know, he didn't seem as excited as maybe, you know, someday players will be when they're clamoring um, to win this award. But uh, at least he knows. He now knows that uh, he is a what award winner. It is a nice award, especially if you like your best friend Nas. Like, there's nothing to be mad about exactly. It's just not very basketball related, probably in his mind. <laughs> yeah, he probably, who knows what he thought it was going to be. <laughs> but anyway, so um, he knows that he won. And um, so, so we got that going for us, which is nice. I love that. Also, I love that you, um, that you, that you got to like, you got to like, I guess, like experience the like kind of social awkwardness with him a little bit because like I think of him as kind of socially awkward and I know that you're sometimes like oh I'm a little socially awkward like with that Justice Winslow thing uh but like maybe that's the right laser for you to meet could be I might be just like really on the same vibe on that um but yeah after once the you know once we landed or whatever I saw him on I was like hey I hope you have a really great season so we didn't just we didn't discuss where that season was going to be right. if he was going to get traded if we we're going to have any players left on our team. It's wild. I have no idea what is going to happen. Um, oh, I have one more totally random, actually basketball related thought, which I should have shared earlier when you asked me about the game. Okay. Um, Ibubaji or Ibubaji. We have to get to the bottom of that. Uh, Baji, super fun to watch. Really excited to watch him. In a million pick and rolls, it felt like. I felt like everybody was, like, picking and rolling with Ibubaji. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, this is interesting. Um, uh, but, like, I don't know what he was doing. I, I needed to watch it in more slow-mo or faster or, or a repeat of it. But he was doing something to keep people away from the rim. Yeah, like, I mean, he's I was huge. like, I could see it. I could see it. I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can see this. He also falls down a lot. Um, but I think uh, I was thinking like maybe that is like on purpose, you know, like mm-hmm. how big guys like, you know, how, remember how Joel and B learned how to fall. Um, so I was thinking yeah. that maybe that is a little bit of kind of where he's coming from. Because Oh, he's on the floor again. Okay. Um, but yeah, I remain excited and hopeful about Baji, 
even though he's um, on a two-way again and not a, a full team member. And then the other two-way player, John Butler, I can mm-hmm. kind of see the vision there. I can see the vision there. What, what about you? Uh, he's so skinny. He's not a center. He's a wing. No, I was like, he's so skinny like, and don't tall. Don't get him anywhere near. <laughs> I think that like my perception of what he looks like affected how I thought he would play. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he yeah. does not look like a center at all. Um, he's very long. He just looks like, I don't know. Like, those are those guys that I feel like, like they don't have NBA bodies yet. Mm-hmm. Cause like, he doesn't look strong enough to like play defense, quite frankly, to me. Um, yeah. but you know, he's young and that's like fine. Cause a lot of these guys, like they don't like, they don't like work. They're not working on their bodies in college and in like high school, the mm-hmm. way that they do in, in the, when they go pro and they're also like still babies so like a lot of that development is still yet to come for them just developmentally and so like i i can sort of see the vision there but i'm like but what's he gonna look like when he has like 25 more pounds on him Mm -hmm. i guess i what i what i meant was i saw him nowhere near the basket (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh okay yeah like yeah he's a wing he's a shooter he's a good shooter yeah he's like so much taller than everybody that it's like wow okay yeah, he we'll didn't see. he didn't seem and also like he wasn't like so like you know with centers you often see them like working on like things like footwork at this like stage and like summer league you can see them like kind of figuring out like how they want to move. Um yeah. That just wasn't how I perceived him, I guess. Mm-hmm. He was like where do I want to be? Not like how do I want to get there, I guess. Yeah. I saw one more of our favorite dunkers. Um, I saw the Philadelphia Philadelphia game and I got to Greg see Brown Greg the Brown third. Dunk. It was awesome. I got to see him dunk and then he never scored again, but I, I got to see the dunk. <laughs> Man, I'm so sad that we let him go when we just yeah. got a G League. Like I know. Uh, he could have been so great if we'd had a G League at the time because he would have had more opportunity to like play. Mm-hmm. And learn like blazer schemes. Like I do think that there was something really crappy about us having to send guys away to other mm-hmm. G League teams to learn a style of basketball that they weren't necessarily going to play on the team that they were signed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really sad. I hope that we like. I would love for him to come back to our G League team. I don't know. Like clearly, we need more G League guys on our team because, um, well. They got to throw out a team. <laughs> yeah, it can't just be Abby Bashi yeah. and John Butler passing back and forth playing a two-man game. <laughs> They'll end up playing a hundred games because they're playing in both. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they'll do the thing like if they'll do the thing like um, like Major League Baseball does. Um, and I guess some, I think some NBA teams do this too, where they send like guys who are coming back from injury um, mm-hmm. to the like NBA team to a G league game for like a, like a game or two to like, just, you know, get back into shape. And yeah. Get back they, into the rhythm. They do that, especially like just for practice. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I, I think even when Nurk was coming back, he went down to like a G league team to practice. Yeah. So I wonder yeah. if like, you I know, mean, there'll be, that'd be like a fun little opportunity to see those guys like play in the play at some G league games in Portland. Yeah, I want to see the Ibu Baji G League experience because I feel like he could he could dominate uh, in the G League, which would be really fun to watch. Totally. Um, did Did you catch any of the of the summer? Have you caught any of the summer league on broadcast? 
I have. So I watched some of the Blazer game and I watched some of the Spurs game because I was curious about what Wembenyama looked like and it, it was not his best game. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I that think it was really early to call him a bust. <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying to me actually when pe- people see like guys play for the first time and they were like, you know, this guy's doesn't live up to the hype. And I'm like, well, he played one game and all eyes were on him. He hasn't played here before. It's he's like in a totally new environment. And it, like he was like this, like that was like the the entree of the day. You know, everybody was looking forward to seeing him make his U.S. debut and it didn't go so well. And that's fine. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be a star. <laughs> that's what some serious press problems because that was like like it was like the day before was the Britney Spears thing. Or like for those of you who don't know, apparently Victor Wembanyama was in Vegas. Britney Spears wanted a picture with him and his security guard maybe was too rough with her because he didn't know who she was when she approached him. And it's like all of a sudden yeah, the first, what a, like what a right bummer. before his debut, he had to like answer questions about Britney Spears. Yeah, what an introduction. He's like, maybe I could have stayed in Europe for a year longer. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. <sighs> um, but I, you know, I still think he's gonna be amazing. All the like all these guys, like the the new young guys, I think it's been a really exciting year because it was a really good draft. Mm-hmm. Um and you know how you were saying that guys are people are like agnostic at summer league. I think that part of the whole thing too is like, so there's these young guys that have just been drafted and they are with the teams that they're going to be on, but there's a bunch of guys who might end up on the end of your team's bench that are just playing with different teams for summer league that I don't have deals lined up for next year. So it's a really good opportunity to take a look at like what other guys are out there and what might, what, what guys might fit your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know I'm I know guys earn you know earn contracts at at summer league. So, oh, the elephant in the room is that Trendon is not here. Yeah. <laughs> so sad, so sad about Trendon. I mean, obviously, I wasn't expecting that he would play. Well, okay, actually, here is here is the sad thing. Um, and I couldn't. I I usually typically what happens at summer league games, especially on the first weekend, is that the veteran players show up to cheer on the other guys yeah you know the, the new guys i couldn't see the whole bench did they show the bench in the broadcast because the only person i saw was anthony i the did only not... vet i saw watching was anthony i don't think i saw anybody else on tv now that i think about it i wasn't paying yeah, super was... close attention but i don't i don't think i saw anybody else and I get it, like, you know, Nurk is in Bosnia, Dame is in Cabo, you know, uh, but it's just sort of, like, to me, emblematic of the way everything has started to fall off the rails. Yeah. Is that, like, these guys just had each other, you know? Um, and Anthony, <laughs> who knows whether or not he's going to be around just with everything so up in the air right now. It was just kind of, like, this is kind of a bummer that, like, you know, because, like, then I watched the Orlando game. And then, you know, Orlando had Paolo Bancaro and Cole Anthony. And even they had Joe Ingles. No, I don't think they had Joe Ingles. They had somebody who looked like Joe Ingles. Um, but they had like a bunch of their guys that were all there. Um, so maybe next year, you know, we'll have uh, these guys. Will, these guys will be the vets. <laughs> They'll come back and cheer on our team because apparently we're going to have uh, we're we're just about ready to officially have a rebuilding team. Yeah, it's almost there. It's almost official. I talk about of- it. I kind of wondered if, like, so one, it would be very distracting for Dame to show up to Summer League at this point. 
for like, sure. He like it's good that he didn't go. I'm glad he didn't go. Yeah. It was the right thing for him to stay away. Um, it's also mm-hmm. like, like what does he do? Show up and show support for guys that he's not going to play with, or he he doesn't. He said he doesn't want to play with. Basically, like that's like not the vibe to bring to summer league. Nurk makes a little bit less sense to me, but also Nurk is out here like stoking the fire of like the off season, and so maybe it's good he's not there too. I kind of thought Jeremy would show up though, because Jeremy mm-hmm. has his brand new shiny contract. And at this point is the big dog on the team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought Jeremy would show up. I kind of thought Nas might be there and, you know, maybe they'll be here today. Today's mm-hmm. Sunday when we're recording this. So maybe they'll be, you know, here, here for that game. Um, it was just kind of sad to me. It just sort of reflected the condition of that the team is in right now. Um, that there just there wasn't anybody logical who yeah. who would come besides you know besides Anthony. So we'll see if um we'll see if somebody shows up today. Yeah, I would I would like that. I think it would be good for the young guys. I um you know also like l- let's be real. Jeremy Grant's bestie Ibubaji is there at summer league, and like mm-hmm. why isn't he there to support his his friend? <laughs> um, I still hope that he shows up. I would like him to show up. Um, I would also like for him to put on a brave face and to be like the Blazers aren't a total disaster franchise because Jeremy Great Jeremy Grant is is tall and great at basketball and beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where that goes. Has, uh, has he signed yet? Have we seen that he signed yet? I don't think. Oh, I don't so. want to talk about details. Ugh. I don't think so. But like, he's not going to not. I don't think he's going to not sign. So like, you know. I I think it's that's we're talking about technicality. Um, yeah. But still, like, in you know, a lot of guys show up to summer league without their contract signed with their mm-hmm. contracts agreed to in principle. Um, I would have loved to see Nas there with Anthony. And I would have mm-hmm. loved to have seen Jeremy there. And also I would have loved to have seen um also I guess now I guess Matisse is technically staying, but also like not. Well, I mean, like he stayed, he stayed, but like I don't think it, it. Like I think that he has has not. Was it that at, like when summer league was starting, it wasn't clear whether he would. He had you know he signed his 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 offer sheet with the Mavs, and I don't think it was clear yeah. who he was going to be playing for when summer league was starting. Um. Anyway, yeah, I guess he's the it's only other one on this team that we know of for sure now because we matched him. Hmm. Well, um, and it's just like everybody's making all these signings and the Blazers aren't doing anything. And I get it. I get it because they have to wait to see what happens. And I, you know, with Damien and what they get back and then, and then fill in, but it's just, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard be, being stuck in the waiting zone. Yeah. And then it's, you're like, you can't make like any other the longest line in the world. You just don't know like who's going to be on your team in a deal or if you're going to make a deal at all. Like mm-hmm. I, Okay, so we should probably you know, talk about this. We should probably move on to this. What do you think? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we can segue on this. What I have been thinking about a lot is that when Mark LaMarcus left, the Blazers didn't get anything. He just left. Right, in free right? agency. Right. And so at least the separation from our biggest star, greatest Blazer, franchise leader, and points scored, record holder, and a million things, at least there will be some kind of return to yeah. not 
not like, you know, take over for him, like, you know, but at, at least he didn't just walk away and we, yeah. nothing came back to the franchise. Yeah. The only thing that really is, I feel like hard, uh, like feels like a hard pill to swallow. You're, and you're right. Like LaMarcus just walked away in free agency. And I think that I, but in my head at that time, I will say that I thought that that was a real possibility and i honestly didn't think he was going to be a blazer after he hit free agency and he didn't sign an extension um because you know that's like a guy who wants his options fully open without any like kind of administrative stuff in the way um Mm -hmm. the thing that's hard about dame is that it was just last summer that he was still saying i want to be the greatest blazer ever that's why i'm signing this extension it's like a full it's a max extension like i'm you know whatever and I'm like, mm-hmm. I understand that that's was sort of his brand at the time, but I also don't understand if he in, really thought that he might be asking out inside a year that like mm-hmm. he would sign three plus one like that with no, tr- with no, with, without a no trade clause. Like that's a big ass contract to move. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the, the threat of like, oh, I'll just sit and not sh- the show up to like camp or whatever. I'm like, you're going to do that for three years? Like, it's just not the same threat as like a guy who's got who's got a one year expiring contract, you know? Mm-hmm. And with yeah, LaMarcus, I mean... LaMarcus at least tell, like telegraphed, I thought, to, the, to us, like, I might not be here next year. I want to test free agency. I'm not mm-hmm. in love here. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the thing about contracts is that like things, you know, things have changed a lot since LaMarcus left. At this point, there are no untradeable contracts. There just are not. Right. And, and also like, you know, people talking about how much money players are making inevitably, inevitably, like, I don't know when this has not happened. When they sign it, it's like, you know, oh my God, this is a ridiculous amount of money. And then three years later, it's like, oh, you know, there's nine other guys. There's, you know, making more and it's like, mm-hmm. things just move on. And like the, 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 the salaries that we think are just outrageous, you know, three years, four years from then it's like, well, you know, 60, I mean, it, it seems outrageous to say that four years from now, $60 million isn't going to seem like that much. Obviously it's going to seem, it's going to still be a lot, yeah. Um, but like that, the cap's going to just keep climbing. People are just going to keep signing. And like, it, I don't know. I just, I don't even think about numbers because they are, it's, it, you like, you know, when you're in Vegas, everything looks like it's right there, but it's like really far away. And like right. all your perception is just completely like, I think my perception about money gets, gets like tweaked. Um, when I think too much about the numbers in free agency or you know, in contracts, that's just like, I don't, what we're saying about it, like to, to say that we know today what the value of it's going to be in three years is just like, we don't, we have no, no idea. We don't, no. we don't know what that's going to mean. Yeah. And I don't mean that but his contract think, is, is, is untradeable because it's like of the amount of money. I think like the length of the contract makes it different than some of the other guys who have like asked to be traded. Mm-hmm. I guess Kevin Durant kind of did that once. Didn't Kevin Durant do that? I can't remember all the times Kevin Durant asked to be traded, but I think Kevin Durant did that once. Wasn't that with Phoenix? Didn't he resign with Brooklyn? And then if a year later he was on Phoenix, isn't that what just happened? Mm-hmm. 
But like, yeah, I'm not sure how long he signed for Brooklyn, but yeah, he was going to be there. Remember he and Kyrie were going to build something so great in Brooklyn. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. But like this, but the thing about that is I'm like, oh, that kind of fits Kevin Durant's brand. And it feels really out of character for Dame's brand to not know what he yeah. wants to do a year from now and to not know that yeah. this is a distinct possibility and not negotiate himself a no trade a no trade clause so that he could get mm-hmm. out if he wanted to. And it seems, I don't know, like I, I feel like he, when you, the whole, like, my understanding is that like the whole like reason why your current franchise can offer you more money is so that they are can remain competitive or more competitive at keeping the talented players that they have. But if like the whole thing is that you just sign your max contract and then demand a trade a year later and you have four years left, that's like doesn't really like achieve that goal, right? Of like having uh-huh. having franchises being able to to pay more and keep their talent instead of having them walk away in free agency, like. I mean, you, you, I guess you, you're going to get something out of it, but you're also going to get pennies on the dollar for what the player is worth. Um, mm-hmm. And they also got to sign their like their like maximum amount of money contract that would be available to them in the entire league. So, like, I don't know. I guess I'm just wondering if like if that really accomplishes the goal that it was set out to accomplish, which was that we could offer him more money. If you can just sign for that money and then go somewhere else, like sign in trades are super common now. Like, I'm like, I don't know if this like mm-hmm. is functionally working I, as intended. No, I don't think it is. And I don't think anything ever works as they are intended. Like they're going to find so many new holes in the new CBA. that it's like, it's just, you know, I just kind of like, it's part of the game is to figure out how you can game it. Totally. <laughs> it's how you can game the system. Um, and they've, you know, uh, they figured out how to, you know, Players have figured out how to make as much money as they can. Teams have figured out how to get off as much money as they can. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I hate thinking about, how, I mean, we all know it's a business. Um, and I, what I, what I, what makes me bummed is the way it just sort of devolves the discussion and the discourse because we all have feelings. Cause like, that's the thing is like, we spend so much time trying to like figure out what happened and trying to like excavate through all the layers. (laughs) But really what it is, is like, for me, it's just like, how am I feeling? Am I feeling, uh, you know, betrayed? Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling, you know, grief? Am I feeling excitement? Yeah. I'm feeling actually all of those things all at once. (laughs) And, um, I mean, we talked about, you know, emotions last time, but last time we talked, the Blazers had uh, done nothing on draft night, you know, to get older. Um, but the Blazers had, you know, Damien hadn't asked for a trade yet. And so, like, I'm, I guess I'm just still processing those same emotions. And I've kind of given up trying to figure out what happened because, like, what does it matter what happened? It happened. You know what I mean? But how am I going to react to it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, as soon as, as soon as the like news came out, I was like really sad. And then when the news started getting messier, I was like, I need to like not read what people are writing right now because uh-huh. it's like, it's kind of like at the end, like when you, I, I don't know, like, have you ever broken up with somebody you're with for a really long time? Like, um, when you break up with somebody you were with for like years, mm-hmm. your friends are all it's caught in between. They're they're caught in between you both, right? And you're like, you just like, I don't know. It's like, 
as someone who has done that and as someone who's watched friends do that, I think to myself, like the best thing that I can do right now is to remember that nobody is acting right because everybody's hurt. Mm-hmm. People are going to do and say things that they don't mean that they're going to regret later. They're going to toss around some blame because that's what like the expedient thing to do is. And like, you're not going to really know how you feel about the breakup, the people involved, any of that until like much later when it's all said and done and people can start healing from it and stop hurting each other because like, I'm sorry, dividing up your shit sucks. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're doing right now. They're deciding who gets what, as far as like what they want, like, like leaving the relationship, like, you know, Joe Cronin wants the maximum value for the player that's leaving. And Dame's like, I want to go exactly where I want to go. And you're going to, you're going to let me do that. And those like are competing odds. Like they're, they're like, they're competing um, interests and we're not going to see how how people really feel about the breakup until after they've healed from the like nitty-gritty of who gets what and that's how I, yeah, that's how i feel I, as a fan too no i i i couldn't agree more or um add anything uh <laughs> add anything to that you know except for just like to expand it to say like once I, i'm writing out that segment of it you know, watching my friends fight it out and do their thing and having everybody having all their feelings. And what I don't want is it to get to a point where nobody can ever be in the same room again. You know what I mean? I want us to all be able to like acknowledge, like, this is a tough time. It's hard. We're talking about like really important things right now. Like, where is he going to go? Where does he want to be? How is this franchise going to move on and, you know, have something to look forward to when, you know, somebody who meant so much to them is gone. How can we get through that to a point that we don't damage relationships so much that, you know, Damien, like, I want Damien to come back and live here and continue to live, live in Portland and be a pillar of Portland and who like he's become so much a part of this community. And I don't want this breakup to mean that he can't live here in the summers and we're all going to be mad at him about it, you know? Yeah. And that when he retires, he can't like be an ambassador for the Blazers. Um, so yeah. I just hope that whatever is happening, nothing so bad is happening that it can't, they can't, he can't come back in whatever way, shape or form makes sense to him because he's he's done so much for us (laughs) it's like really hard for me to believe that he's like he's gonna leave this team and also leave the entire portland community like his whole family's here his business is here all of his like a lot of his not all but a lot of his philanthropy is here like i just like don't understand i don't think that that's what's happening and I don't think that was his plan and I think that this being messy is probably not what he expected because he like I just don't see him actually like thinking he wants to like leave this community of course I was I've been wrong before about him so I don't I don't know but I know that's what I'm saying like are we being naive like I it's just it's also just like you know time to examine like who because I believe everything that he said you know about wanting to stay and I also believe that things change and that it's totally fine if he changed his mind mm-hmm. um but then you know and I also believe everything the Blazers were saying you know and yeah. I I I believe that they wanted to build but like they did like you know Brian Windhorst laid out all the things that the Blazers did that said oh we are actually not trying to build around Dame we are trying to quietly rebuild or whatever it was that, that he was saying so it's like it's so like uh, 
I get my, I get myself so spun up about like believing everybody, but like, unless somebody gives me a reason not to believe them, I'm going to believe them. But like, now do I have reason not to believe them? And do I not believe anybody from here on out? (laughs) You know who I don't believe Tara? Who? I don't believe every reporter that I hear like throwing out like right rumors from unnamed sources that's who i definitely don't believe because i don't know them and i don't know their sources but i do know dame as far as long as long as he's been with my franchise and how much he's talked to us over the years and i do know our franchise ish i certainly don't know these unnamed sources or whatever like interests different reporters have with the relationships that they have around the league and i know that Mm -hmm. i mean basically from the gary payton two thing the one thing that I, i i took away is that Lots and lots of reporters will carry the water of the people whose relationships they value the most. And it doesn't matter whether it's fair or not or real or not. They will carry that water with their unnamed sources. And so I don't like I I know everybody wants to listen to what is what does Chris Haynes say? What does Winter say? Like, whatever. I'm like, I take all of those guys with a grain of salt unless their sources, sources go on the record and say their name. Yeah, I mean, but like when you we're talking about Chris Haynes, like he didn't start intimating about Damien leaving until right before Damien wanted to leave that I read. I mean, maybe I misread him also because I had on rosy glasses, Um, Mm -hmm. but he was pretty consistent up until like this summer, you know, about whatever, whatever Dame said. So I I think it truly was a, like a change of heart that he had. And I think you're right though. Like all the speculation or whatever. I'm also super annoyed that like Miami thinks that like, we're just going to hand them over and like, <laughs> we don't, you know, I just like, um, who, Jaime, the, the new guy, but the, their, their rookie who everybody loves so much. His first name is Jaime. And I can't remember what his last name is. He's mm-hmm. great. Um, and so Portland was like, well, you know, Portland fans were like speculating online. Like maybe they could have get it since Miami doesn't have very great draft picks. Maybe we could get one of their guys that they traded this year. And that could be sort of equivalent of a, of a first round pick. And I'm just like, no, how dare they? And it's like, okay, you know what? You guys are going to get Damien Lord. It's got to hurt just like the tiniest little bit. Like, like you can't, you can't say not a single person on this team. Like, you know, yeah. you know, it's, it's got to hurt just a little teeny tiny bit. Also, like you have to give up something real. Like the thing that really bothers me about that whole discourse about like, what is Damien Lillard worth? I'm like, well, you know, you're the only, you know, that you're the only team on the list. That's fine. But he has four years on his contract. And if the Blazers decided to sit on him for a year and shut him down and let him not play ball, like, like that's, I don't, I think that's crappy and I don't want that for us, but I can also see from my business decision, that might be the thing to do because big rich franchises extracting value out of small franchises is not something the NBA should be good with. Because that's like the rich get richer because players want to mm-hmm. go to those teams is like not that's like not sustainable for the league. And you end up with two two classes of NBA teams like yeah. people like yeah. they, they kind of do that all the time. But in this particular case, the Blazers have leverage because they have Damian Lillard on the books for three years. Like what I really don't. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just say I and I just don't see like that. It's not the same leverage as he would have if he had one year on his contract. Right. Get get him get get something for him now or let him walk for free next year. Get something for him now or sit on him for a year and see what the market is next year is like totally a viable strategy. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm worried about well, I'm not worried about it going a whole year. I'm worried about it going to the trade deadline because yeah. Miami doesn't need him. 
Mm-mm. until the trade. They don't. They just need him for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they're fine. They're gonna do fine without him. They just need him to be on the team once the playoffs start. Yeah. And so right. this could go on a whole year. And I just, I just don't think anybody wants it to go like that. And I don't. I, I. I don't know anymore. I don't think it will, but it really could. And ugh, that would just be so ugly. And it kind of goes back to like, the longer it goes on, the harder it's going to be for uh, fans to look at Damien. <laughs> I mean, also, I guess the other thing I'll say is that I think that the, you know, fan reaction is completely understandable. And I think some of the, like, the, the fan reaction that like doesn't sh- shine a great light on it. I think those are just emotions yeah. most, for the most part. You know, I think it's just people are mad and upset because he said one thing and now he's doing another. But also the franchise said one thing and they're doing another. And we're all, we're all just swirling in it. And yeah. it's going to get better. And for the, you know, for we're so lucky, just like when LaMarcus left and we had Damien. You know, when Damien leaves, we've got somebody that we can build the fan- franchise around. Yeah. I mean, we could be in a lot worse situation. Yeah. I... I agree. And I, I, I also hope that we don't have, this doesn't get dragged out because I think that that like increases the chances of us having a relationship where we can't be in the same room together anymore. And that would be really, really Uh devastating. I think that's like, to me, that's like the only, that's the only scenario that feels like, like the one that I, the one that I couldn't live with. Yeah. Is the one where we yeah. can't be in the same room together and like the fans will never ever love him again. Like that's the one that I can't live with. All the other ones where we're like, you know, whatever, like we're hurt or whatever, and it takes a year for us to like walk it off as a franchise. Like those I can all live with. I can live with I can live with a lot of different things. I can't live with that. <laughs> and, you know, and I I, I think about with CJ's first game back and that ovation that he got that was incredible and so moving and like to think that we're not gonna be able to do that same thing and more when Damien comes back is just unbel- like I just I, I refuse to accept that I believe that whatever happens once it happens and Damien comes back it's gonna be like that it's gonna be like like we appreciate you for everything you did we're it's like he's gonna feel it he's going to feel the love as opposed to like, I mean, there may be some stray booze cause it's like, Hey, come on, buddy. You look, you chose to, you chose to leave. And like, we had this great thing come in, you know, but like, whatever, it's, it's a thing. Um, but I just, I really want to have, it would be so disappointing if we didn't have that same outpouring of support and love that we managed to give to CJ. And if that didn't happen for Damien and I just, I can't imagine a world in which we wouldn't show up for Damien like that. Yeah. Agree. I, I, I hope that I, I desperately hope that that's the kind of return that he gets when he has finally left this team. Um, and not the kind that he, that LaMarcus got when he came back, um, for the first time anyway, I, yeah. I kind of wonder honestly, if maybe that's why Dame hasn't actually said anything publicly because he's weirdly trying to not hurt the fans. Um, he, you know, cause a lot of times I remember in the past, he would say stuff like, Oh, if you, if I want to trade, you're going to hear it from me. And Dame has been like silent and just been doing like weird lives and stuff. And like, yeah, I, I kind of wonder if he's like refrained about saying anything 
because he knows that this is going to be horrible for his for the fans and which which basically is yeah. translates to a brand problem for him right yeah. and like quite frankly the fact that like the media has been a little bit split on what should happen here like it's like clear that's that's what makes it super clear to me how messy this is like not everyone says the same thing not everybody's like they just need to get him out or some people are like oh they need to get you know better value out of him and maybe they need to look for a four or five team trade or whatever like the fact that nobody has like agreed on what exactly should happen here like just like hammers home to me how messy this is how strange it is and how hard it's going to be you know the last year that i've spent um, deeply embedded in reality TV has actually really helped me prepare for this, I think. <laughs> because there isn't an episode of reality TV that isn't messy in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and this is the God's honest truth. Before like I watched reality TV, to me, there wasn't really the possibility that you could like get in a fight. Because I'm, a, let me preface by saying I'm completely the most unconfrontational person ever. I'm like totally scared of confrontation and I like avoid it with everything or whatever. But when I started watching reality TV, I saw that people could have these like knockdown drag out fights and then they could be like, oh, you know what? What I said, that was really mean and I'm sorry that I said it. And then the other person going, yeah, it really hurt my feelings, but like I'll forgive you because like, you know, we're in this together. And I was like, yeah. Whoa. I had no idea that could actually happen. <laughs> and like, I just, I just sort of see that kind of like playing out on a grander scale. It's messy yeah. and we're all going to get through it because that's, that's just what, that's just who we are. That's what we do. I was going to say a little bit of that though, is because like those shows have writers and editors and also like, they know that they're being filmed for the whole world to see. So they have to like find a way to look like adults, but that's also what's happening here. Let's not pretend like that's not what's happening here with Dame and the Blazers. This is all playing out very publicly and everyone's going to see it. And so there, there is some like kind of reason to compel you to act like an adult mm-hmm. um, in the end, because um, you all have like brands to preserve. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what reality TV stars are doing. Although they don't have writers. I will just say that they do not have writers. They have, editors, um, they have editors and producers. Yeah, they have editors and producers, but they don't have writers. Um, so, yeah, that means that they come up with it. But, like, yeah, I, I just to me, I just am seeing so many parallels. Perhaps it was because I was at Vanderpump Gardens that I can reflect so maturely on this. Um, <laughs> warning. Can you, can you tell me about, I saw on Instagram that you had a Vanderpump cocktail, and I would like to know about the cocktail that you drank. Okay, let me see if I can remember what it was called. It was called like a Vander Pinkarita or something like that. It was a it was a margarita. And so the the thing about Vanderpump is they have their whole line of wines. I don't think that they have a line of um, hard alcohol, but because the foundation of all the Vanderpump restaurants is the, their um, like their bar. Um, they always have these like insanely wild drinks. And so like the list of things on this drink was like, I don't know, there were like seven things in this drink. I have no idea what any of them were, except for one of them made it pink. And it was like a margarita. And I, as you know, I'm not a drinker. You thought that I just didn't drink beer, but I just generally don't drink just because I think, I don't know. I just, this is not my thing. Um, But you know, when in Vegas, do what the Vanderpump wants you to do. So yeah, it was a Vanderpump, Vanderpink Garita or something like that. It was, okay. it was, it was refreshing. 
Awesome. Was it, was it, so it was, it was pink. So it wasn't like lime. What was the, the fruit flavor? It had hibiscus in it. I remember that because mm-hmm. I really do like hibiscus. I drink a lot of hibiscus tea. So I was like, okay, I can do that. Um, but yeah, they had just, you know, wild uh, cocktails. And like two, the, the two stars who were just involved in the Scandaval, uh, Tom Sandoval and his partner, Ariana, they actually wrote a cocktail book. Like cocktails are very embedded in the whole Vanderpump um, uh, world. So I felt obligated the Vanderpump Cinematic yeah. Universe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, uh, as far, just like to wrap up the, you know, the report from Vegas, um, you know, some sweet times being able to, you know, see Scoot play, being able to hang out with the, uh, the nice fans, being able to go to Vanderpump Las Vegas. All that's good. It being, you know, 100 and 100 degrees is not great. Um, and others, I can't think of really any bad things that have happened here, except for it just, it's just being hot, but I just, you know, one more plug for people who are thinking about doing it. You should at least try it once. Um, and if it's not your thing, you know, that's fine, but it, it is fun. And there's a lot of blazer fans that are from blazer Twitter and now blazer threads, um, that are down here that are having a really good time. And yeah, I just I encourage everybody to try it once. If that's your thing, it's worth a try. I um I love that you uh, came up out of your comfort zone a little bit to have a cocktail while you were there, um, and I love that you met up with lots of our lots of listeners and other Blazers fans while you were there. And um, like I, I I feel like next year is the year that I have to go. If I don't like I, there's no good reason why I shouldn't go next year. I said that last year, and there was a good reason <laughs> this year because I started a new job and I couldn't really take a vacation at this point. Um, <laughs> But next year, hopefully, mm-hmm. I'll be able to make some really happen, and maybe we can go together and um, wear fun, fun obscure blazer gear. Maybe I'll make us t-shirts, and we'll probably have some new and exciting blazers uh, right. that were recently drafted. You know, I, that's that's another positive thing is that um, we actually get to watch players on our team that are actually going to play for the team. You know, circle back to our favorite summer league team, not um, that insane. Uh, a roster that Neil Olshay put together that had um, oh, the guy from who's the guy from the Nuggets who we Kenneth Fareed mm. and <laughs> all those all those old guys that Michael Beasley right Michael Beasley all those guys that were never ever ever going to play a moment as a Blazer uh, so at least we got that going for us which is another positive thing. Um, yeah. Agree. And also like if we're really out there trying to trade Dame for like draft picks and, and future players, like we're going to maybe have quite a few fun new new young guys to bring up for the, mm-hmm. for the next couple of seasons. That would be really that'll be really fun. Um, and uh, yeah. OK, Tara, I want you to be able to get back in there and watch basketball today. So okay. what I need from you is I need to hear your take for this week. Cause it's, um, we had a lot, we had a lot go on in the last, like, I don't know, 12 days or whatever, since we last recorded. Um, okay. So, uh, my take, uh, I'm not going to talk about Scoot, but I think Shaden is going to really have a great year. Yeah. That's my take. I think, I think Shaden, uh, like he just needed to get a year of playing basketball back under his feet after, you know, not playing competitively. And I think he just, he showed so many huge gains. And already he's also shown a lot of, a lot more poise than, I mean, we didn't really see him play in, in summer league. So we can't compare last year's summer league. 
Um, but he seems really poised. He seems like he's really enjoying himself and he seems like he's uh, ready to just like take it up and to another notch. So um, I see Shane having a really great, great uh, season. So that's my take. What's your take? Uh, my take is that if we hadn't given Dame that ugly franchise leading scorer trophy, that maybe none of this would be happening. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's we my take. That trophy was that, gonna come around him. That ugly trophy that we spent like he zero that dollars like, on. No. It should have been a way better trophy. It should have been an expensive trophy. We had plenty of time to prepare for it. We just grabbed something out of like the storage room and we expected that to be like acceptable and i'm just saying if if day might have felt a little more valued by the franchise if they had spent real money on his franchise leading scorer trophy instead of having this thing that's big and ugly and you can't display in your house that's my take oh my god i love that take and i think you're right like i think the summer league championship rings or are more valuable than that trophy. <laughs> and that's yes. what it was. Dan was like, great. You saw those rings that you gave the, all those. I mean, obviously that came from the league, but you know, all that, all that celebration of the guys for winning summer league. And I just became the franchise scorer. And this is how you're thanking me. Yeah. I've been saying for my whole <laughs> career, to something Rose. <laughs> I was saying my whole career, I want to be the greatest blazer ever. And this is what you think of the greatest blazer ever. <laughs> like Jesus. Okay, fine. I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we need to we need to start with our takes rose i think that's what we need to, that's how we need to change this that's okay. how we need to change our formatting sometime we got to talk we got to think about that oh because that was amazing i love it um yeah well let's wrap it up uh right. thank you so much for doing this call and i hope the audio is okay we'll see we'll um, see yeah Tara, where, can, sure. where can people find you people can find me at tcb bigs on twitter and threads uh and instagram how about you uh, you can find me on twitter at roselle harding at instagram at roselle harding and you cannot find me on threads anywhere because my family could find me there too and i don't want that you can also find me in the we have a take discord and uh that's about it all right yeah uh thanks for calling in uh we really appreciate everybody who listened and hung in with our, us today and uh i hear that siren now for the first time welcome to vegas <laughs> um so yeah thanks everyone and go blazers thanks bro